morning, Shalom Letters family. I pray you all are blessed and doing well. I'm your host, Melissa Collins, and with me today, we have two very special guests. I'm so humbled and so honored to have them on the show today. So let me introduce you to the founder of Growing in Torah and Safe Haven Sustainable Farms, Mr. Brian Barnes. And with him today is our local congregation's worship leader and just all around exceptional young man, Mr. Samuel Baldwin. So welcome to the show, y'all. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to share today. Well, definitely. Thank you for having us. We're definitely uh, glad to be here and uh, glad to share with everybody today. Samuel. Hi. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Good to hear your voice. I know. I missed your voice as well. I'm excited. I'm counting the days until you come home to visit. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> so I want to be super respectful of y'all's time. So I will just jump right in. Um, Mr. Barnes, you kind of care to start maybe at the beginning and explain to our listeners what growing in Torah is and how the father led you and your wife to begin this program? Sure. Um, I mean, it's a long story, but I'm going to make it real short. Um, but uh, let me start out with how we started Growing in Torah. And I think that'll explain really what Growing in Torah is, uh, at least to a degree. Um, you know, my wife and I, uh, Carla and myself, uh, began to be interested in the Hebrew roots of our faith and the Torah, uh, really understanding that uh, the, the first and second uh, parts of the Bible were just really all in one. <laughs> it's not two parts, it's all one. And um, that the Old Testament is for us today. And that was probably about uh, 1998-99. And um, at the time, I was a, uh, a pilot for a West Coast department store chain flying there aircraft up and down the West Coast, uh, primarily. And um, uh, I'd been there for quite a while. But that's right at the beginning of that is where we started coming into the understanding of Torah. And, um, and so I'd, I'd been in Torah then, after that for like 10 years. And when after about 10 years of being walking in Torah, I lost my job. Um, as a pilot, the company I worked with uh, went bankrupt, and so I lost my job. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up on a farm at about 11, 12 years old. Uh, we moved to the farm and started farming, and uh, I always enjoyed it and everything. But, you know, you don't really think about stuff like that too much. At least I didn't when I was a kid. So I went off from to college and got all the pilot's degrees and all that kind of stuff. But then when I lost my job, I was like, what in the world am I going to do? I didn't want to. Um, most pilot jobs, private or um, corporate pilot jobs, you're gone a lot. And my kids were young. I didn't want to be away from them. So I, I listened to my mother's instructions, uh, which was, do what your hands find to do. As long as it's righteous, do that and do it with all your heart. So uh, we had land here uh, in Arosi, and I said, well, 
I guess I'll start farming again. And so I did that and I started just, just getting out in the soil and I, you know, I knew what to do from as a kid, you know, I had learned what I needed to learn, huge learning curve still, but I knew enough to get started. And um, the crazy thing about it was, you know, when you first enter into the Hebrews walk, I, I've talked to hundreds of people and the story is all the same. They come into the Hebrews movement, they understand that the Torah is for them. And then all of a sudden, you know how scripture just starts making sense, all those things that were little discrepancies and it just all starts melding together and you have huge understanding. Yes. And, you know, I know, Melissa, if you've done this and interviewed people, I know you've heard that story many times. Because <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> it's always the same. Well, after I'd already been in Torah, I'd already gone through that. Um, and so I'd been in Torah for 10 years. Well, when I got back to working the land, it started happening all over again. Uh, things of the Torah started making sense like never before. I started getting insights and I, <laughs> and I know it seems kind of silly, but I realized, wait, when God made man, where did he put him? In a garden. garden. <laughs> That's right. In a garden. And so, you know, the father, and this is one of my favorite verses, Romans 1.20, says that God's eternal power and his divine nature can be understood by what he has made. If you really think about that verse, that's powerful. His eternal power and his divine nature, that's huge. Yes. And can be not just known about, can be understood. And see, that's what I was experiencing. I had a base now of knowledge from the Torah. And then when I got back out into his garden, I started understanding him. And uh, so that is primarily the main purpose for growing in Torah, is getting our young people back out into the field, back out into his creation, spending a focused time to really just meet with the creator and allow, allow his creation to teach them himself. And just giving opportunity to that, um, which is a very powerful thing. Secondarily, uh, and this is more in this physical world, is teaching our young people how to grow things. You know, right now we're, you know, even the world is talking about food shortages and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, Adam was meant to tend and to keep the garden. I imagine he knew a thing or two about how to do that. And so, you know, when we talk about the restoration of all things, I don't think we should limit ourselves to just spiritually. Spiritual and physical go hand in hand. Yes. And so that's the long and the short of it for growing in Torah. Wow. That's an amazing program. So do you care to tell our listeners, like, how long does the program last? Like, when does it start? I think it was around March, the end of March, when Samuel came out. Uh, yes. So can you tell them how long it lasts? And then are there age requirements as well? Sure. Um, well, it's technically a two-year program. 
the first year, but both years uh, start in the middle of March. Uh, it depends on the on the the year and the dates and all that uh, kind of stuff. But the reason it starts in March is because that for all the feasts and festivals, and that's at the beginning of the growing season. And of course, all the feasts and festivals are agriculturally uh, based, and uh, all the feasts and festivals. Uh, revolve around the agriculture and so uh, the Feast of the Father and it, it tells the feast and festival really tell the love story of our relationship with our creator and so I like our students to come at the beginning and stay all the way through Sukkot so this year we'll be celebrating Sukkot uh, basically in the middle of October so um, this year it's going to be a little bit longer than most it's going to be a good solid seven months, maybe just a, a little bit more. Um, so yeah, they come and they live on the farm. Um, uh, currently, we're charging forty-two hundred dollars, uh, which pays for their room and board, um, and uh, they get to celebrate all the feasts and festivals and see the agricultural experiences, and just all you know, learn how to be a servant of the Most High by serving people who come. Uh, to the feast and um, and answer that that shofar, if you will, together. So mm -hmm. I think I answered all your questions. <laughs> yes, oh, age. Daniel <laughs> told me age. Uh, basically, they have to be 18 years old because they are working with farm machinery, and um, you know they they do a lot of that kind of stuff too. And so 18 to on the upper end, we're a little bit um, flexible. But, you know, 26, 27, somewhere right in there. Okay, great. Um, so if you don't care, I, I get so excited hearing you talk about, you know, because all of Yeshua's, or at least most of Yeshua's parables were agriculturally based. Um, right. So can you expound a little bit on some examples of how with the planting and the, the animals, I, I think you have vineyards as well, on how they have an opportunity to, to actually get their hands on those biblical principles and maybe give some examples of how they get to then apply them in their right before their eyes. Sure. And uh, I'll give Samuel a heads up so he can start thinking, but you know, he might have some things that he's learned as well too, but I'll just, there's so many things. Um, we were just out uh, in the wheat. Uh, we, we grow uh, wheat. Uh, and I was just explaining, you know, it's so evident when you just see it in front of your face. When Yeshua was talking about 30, 60, and 100 fold, uh, you can just see it right in the grain and it just comes to life. Um, I'll give you a different example in case Sammy wants to expound on that one or whatever. But, um, you know, I remember, uh, um, I remember one year we had a student that was picking cherry tomatoes and they, they, um, they came back and they said, well, I, I finished picking all the cherry tomatoes and um, you know, there was hardly anything in the basket. Right. <laughs> and I said, are you sure? He says, yeah, I totally went through and picked them. And I said, okay, well, let's go look. Right. And so I just, the cherry tomatoes happen to grow very bushy if they're grown just kind of left to themselves a little bit, not in greenhouse setting. They grow pretty bushy. And so I just reached into the bush and grabbed it and pushed it open. And there's like a million cherry tomatoes inside, right? <laughs> and 
you know, I just said, and he was just like, oh my gosh, look at that. And I said, it's kind of like the word of God, isn't it? You know, sometimes you got to dig a little bit to find out the fruit that's in there. Mm, that's powerful. And again, it's a lot like people. Sometimes on the outside, you think, oh, they've given all they have. But you know, if you dig a little bit, you'll find the fruit if you're patient enough and diligent enough and care enough to do that. Mm -hmm. That's just one little thing. And there's a million things like that. I bet that has to just happen all day long, I would imagine. So I know, I know for me, I'm such a hands-on learner. So like I can read and comprehend, but then when I physically touch my hands on it and see it there in front of my face, you know, it's just my retention and my understanding is just so much more in depth by doing it that way over just, you know, reading or hearing. So I'm so impressed with, with everything that the father is doing through you and with all the work that you do to ingrain this wisdom in our next generation. So thank you. Yeah, so, it's my pleasure. Believe me. So I'm going to switch to Mr. Baldwin for a minute. So Samuel, do you care to share from a student's perspective? I guess kind of start with giving us a rundown on uh, a day in a life of at the program. Uh, yeah. So um, for starters, we get up pretty early um, while it's still actually dark out. And um, currently that is about 4.30. And we check in at five. Um, and then we have devotion, personal devotion from five to six. And that has been truly a blessing for my life because that was not in my normal routine from day to day. Um, I kind of let personal time with Yahweh kind of fade and I was, um, consumed with what I wanted to do, um, each day. So that has been really great. Just setting aside that full hour that you just go off somewhere by yourself and, and read the scriptures and pray and uh, Yahweh has shown me some um, special things in those times. And then at six, we meet up for morning chores. Um, and then at eight, we have breakfast and morning devotions. We kind of share what the Father is showing us all together. And then uh, we meet back up for um jobs that we may be doing on the farm and that varies very widely it can be um, tractor work or greenhouse um, plant related things or installing irrigation lines in the ground or many 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 things right now we're building some decks on some uh, dorms so getting a little bit of construction stuff in, um, and that's really fun for me because that's what I do back home. <laughs> and so, and, and then at 12.30, we have lunch and then classes from 1.30 to 3.30, uh, Hebrew first at 
and we're just going through we started with just the alphabet went through and then started learning little words and then bigger words and then phrases and um translating from english to hebrew and hebrew to english and there's some really neat things they've been teaching us uh, words that we can use around the farm so we'll try to communicate as best as we can you know like hey I need the shovel or the hammer or the fence needs fixing or, you know, different things. So that's really been really cool. Um, getting to use uh, Hebrew language. It's really fascinating. Um, after class, we have personal project time and that's just set aside so that you can uh, write home if you need to, or you have a building project you want to work on uh, on your own, or you can continue jobs around the farm. And then dinner at six. And then occasionally after dinner, we'll have an activity like worship or um, some kind of sport planned like volleyball or something and then just try to get to bed at a good time and get enough rest for the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so exciting. And like you said, that is a very busy day full of so much learning and hard work sounds like. Yeah, it's, it's a really good structure. Um, very good schedule put in place that once you do it for about a week or two, you really kind of sink in and it's really quite comfortable and you look forward to each, uh, each time uh, set aside for whatever. Um, morning devotion at breakfast is one of my favorite times when we get to hear what the Father is showing to each of the students or staff. It's just really special. Mm. I bet it is. I would love to be a fly on the wall and, and hear some of those conversations. I bet they are just so edifying. I can just imagine. So I know you're learning so much, but what, what's what been some of your favorite lessons or some of the things that you've learned that you've been most excited about? Hmm. It's a pretty tough question. Ah. <laughs> uh... I would say that the, my, my favorite thing here lately that we did was breaking up ground and uh, re replenishing it for next year. Um, so we got, I got to drive uh, this old tractor and hook it up to the, the ripper, the plow attachment and break up this old sun-baked really hard ground in the back um, we're, we're preparing it for a big garden next year so it just you know you're driving along and you've got that uh, blade sunk down in the ground and sometimes you'll come across a real real hard spot that you know the tractor starts struggling and the front end lifts up and you got to stop and you got to try to either 
push through or or back up and start again or so and then even sometimes you have to wet it down with some water uh, to help it um, soften up but I guess kind of the thing that I learned from that was um, kind of like what we're doing here with our lives we're trying to break up our soil and inside of us uh, our soul and prepare it give it what it needs so that later we can bear fruit and sow seed into others and with hard uh rocky soil it's not going to produce fruit very well so you have to go through those hard times and really just through scripture and through um sometimes you need a friend to help you get through times and pray and and physically just intentionally work at it so that you can bear that beautiful fruit in the future, whether it's um, helping other people's lives or, I don't know, um, family, when you go back home, they, they can see it in you, um, what the Father is doing, truly growing in Torah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can hear it in you now. I didn't, I didn't prepare myself for you to make me cry, but that was so beautiful. I'm just, I'm so proud of you. That is just, that is the most beautiful thing. Even as you were explaining, like driving the tractor and oh my goodness, like I could, the parable of the sword was just coming to life in my mind. And then you've just actually brought me to tears. So I'm just I'm so happy <laughs> right now to hear you. Oh my goodness, Samuel. <laughs> um, so for the, for the parents, so I'm kind of going to go back to when, when you first told me that, that you were going to grow in in Torah, you know, I love to feed you on Shabbat. <laughs> so for the parents or, you know, family members who are considering this program, uh, for their kids who might be apprehensive about the distance or you becoming homesick while you're there, or maybe how well you're eating, <laughs> can you give them some encouragement there? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I guess right off the bat uh, with food, uh, <laughs> we have a wonderful, wonderful cook. And Miss um, Mary is really a true blessing and Yahweh for sure brought her here. Uh, she makes some very, very tasty food and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just that's so small, even that just compared to as far as being homesick, um, it didn't really sink in with me until about a weekend. And even at that, I, I never, really got down about being away from home. I mean, if you drive in a car, I'm 36 hours away from uh, where I live. And so um, I had never been this far away from home before. I had never been more than a week away from my family. And so it was definitely a huge uh, new experience that I will never forget, but 
after a week of getting to know the staff and the students, we really became like family. And I never, I did miss home, but I never really truly felt homesick because this is my home right now. Mm -hmm. um, everybody not really took the place of everyone at home, but they gave me everything I needed, whether it was nurturing uh, with food or friendship or even the, the men leaders here are like fathers. I can go to them and I can talk about anything and they're there to listen and help. And that has truly been a blessing and I'm very thankful for them. Um, so yeah, I would encourage anyone who feels like they should come to not even give home a second, you know, um, not even to worry about it because it'll still be there when you get back. Uh, you can talk to them on the phone and, but you will have a family here. It is, yeah, truly home, home away from home. Yeah, that, I know that was so comforting for me on our very first phone call. You were just so joyful and so excited. And I, and I know I started the phone call with, I miss you so bad. And you're like, I miss you too, but... <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh, I love it here I could be here forever <laughs> you were just so comfortable and so excited to be there and it you just really described it as home and that was just so comforting to me and I know it was for your mom as well and it was just it was a great thing and I felt so silly for worrying <laughs> After I'm, def spoken to I'm definitely gonna look forward to I am looking forward to vacation but <laughs> As much as I like being home that long, I will be anxious to be able to get back here. Um, it's kind of a, a want to be home just as much as I want to be here. So Right, right. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll switch back to Mr. Barnes. What's the application process? And then what's the timeline for submitting an application for someone who might be interested? Okay. Um, so... You just need to go to groinatora.com and it's, I think up on the tab there, it says get involved or something like that and then become a student. And it runs you through uh, some of that stuff. Um, answer those questions right there. Um, I don't think it's probably updated yet for next year. Um, so after Sukkot this year is when that will happen. And we began taking applications probably um, in November uh, to somewhere right in there for the next season. So go to groin and groinandtour.com and uh, that's, that will be the information. Or you can talk to Samuel or, or whoever, if you know a past student or something like that. And, you know, I, I encourage I encourage people to talk to past students or, or anything like that about their experience and what they can expect, you know, different things like that too. So. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and then finally too. So if someone wants to sow a seed into your ministry, how can they help? How can they donate and, and help support what you do? 
Well, uh, thank you for bringing that up. It is a, a tremendous um, uh, difficulty as far as financially doing this, but the father always provides and he has so far. And the student's tuition really just covers just what we said, the room and board. So there's so many other things. So if somebody wants to support and sow a seed, that is fantastic. Again, just go to growingintour.com and um, uh, there's a there's a tab on there that says donate and they can just do it right there. And everything, like I said, is very, very much appreciated. Well, great, great. We will we will definitely be sharing when we post the podcast. We will share those links and and try to drive some people to your website as well. So um, the last question that I have is really for either one of you uh, on our podcast. Uh, of course, we are, myself and a co-host, we are both Torah keepers. We've both been walking in this way for um, about 11, 12 years now. Um, but we are all about worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. Uh, so we always like to ask uh, the guests that we have on the show if they wouldn't mind sharing uh, if there is anything that they've been hearing or seeing from the Holy Spirit lately that they would share with our audience. It could be something that just applies to you or maybe the body as a whole. I definitely have something to say. Um, sorry. Um, subject is very near and dear to my heart because I do feel like the Father is calling his people to worship him in spirit and truth. And I think we overcomplicate things a little bit <laughs> uh, on that end. Um, I really think it might be a good idea to help people focus on what that means is to, uh, I, I rephrase that a, a, a little bit. And I say it like this, to worship the Father in the truth of the Spirit. And I love that. The Father knows you. He knows who you are. He knows everything about you and he loves you intensely. And he wants you to understand who you are in him and then walk out in that truth. This is not some kind of, you know, even spiritual, you know, thing that is unattainable. He just wants us to understand how much he loves us and who we are, you know, Back in, I think it's 1 Samuel chapter 15, when Saul was commanded to go and to fight Amalek. Um, he left King Agag and he left the best of the sheep alive. And because Saul said he acquiesced to the will of the people who wanted those things for himself. And he did not follow the command of the father. And Samuel's reply to him is it was, if you would just see who you are, I think it's verse 17, if you would just see that I have set you as the king of Israel over all the tribes, if you would just understand who you are, you've got all the power in the world, just understand who you are, 
and see the Father's telling us the same thing. We don't have to be worried about the bleeding of the sheep and the enemy that tries to um, come up from behind and, and kick you when you're down and when you're weak and tired like the children of Israel were when they came out of Egypt. The Father wants us to know who we are and that he loves us intensely. And we need to walk out in the truth because that is the spirit of who we are. The sin that we struggle with, it's so easy. It's so easy for Elohim to overcome that. So we need to walk out in the truth of the spirit. So that's it in a nutshell. Uh, maybe if I come to Kentucky there in the not so distant future, I can share more about that. But it's a very powerful thing if you get a hold of it. Yes, I love that. And I'm already inspired. That was such a good word. That was amazing. I had cold chills while you were speaking that. So thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I asked that question. Thank you yeah, me too. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Um, so that is just the perfect note and a great way to wrap up our podcast. So I just want to take another moment again and say just thank you so much to both of you and, and thank you to the Father. Thank you, Yahweh, for the work that you are doing uh, through growing in Torah and the students enrolled there. Um, thank you, Mr. Barnes, for investing your life. Uh, into strengthening this next generation and for taking such good care of our Samuel too. <laughs> uh, well, I gotta be honest. We feel like we got the better end of the stick uh, <laughs> with having Samuel here. So it's a, it's been truly a pleasure. <laughs> well, we're definitely still counting down those days. So we get to borrow him for a few days on his visit. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, and I just want to say thanks again to our listeners as well. We couldn't be here without them. Um, we just want to thank our listeners for all the likes, the shares, and the downloads. And uh, if you guys would, please consider consider supporting this ministry uh, at growingintorah.com. Uh, and then one final thing, we always close out our podcast in a prayer. So would one of you gentlemen mind praying us out? Okay, I will do that. Samuel pointed at me. So. <laughs> Father, I just thank you so much for everything that you've given us. Father, I thank you. You've given us the ability to be your children and to be called by your name. Father, I pray that as we enter into this day and days to come, that we would truly walk out in the truth of the Spirit. We'd walk out in confidence, Father. You know what we need, and we trust that you will give it to us as we need it, Father. And so we just we just praise you and thank you. We thank you for this ministry that Melissa has put together. And we pray, Yahweh, that as people listen in, their hearts will be called to uh, serve you. Their hearts will be called to share what we have with the, to this dying world and to understand that we have the words of life. And uh, people are begging for life. And we just thank you and give you glory in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 God bless you guys so much. I appreciate you all. And until next time, shalom. 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 shalom.